guys, as always, you know, we have all the special guests, particularly from multifamily real estate space. And today is one of those days again, where we have Larry Buckner. He's a commercial real estate investor, currently having more than 10 million assets under management. He also has a developer who pairs multi-million dollar assets with investors seeking financial freedom. So welcome today to the Money Show, Larry. Thank you, thank you, glad to be on. Thanks, appreciate it, yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for spending the time and sharing your story because I know we have an unbelievable story. I checked you out before on Instagram. I mean, there's a lot of pieces missing and that's why I want to do this interview because you got my intention, but I just want to share you know, your information, share your knowledge and your expertise in, in this real estate space. So, you know, the first question I would like to, you know, go through is, can you share your story with the audience, basically? How did you pick up the real estate space? How did you get into it? And I mean, how did you got through, it, you know, until the position you are in right now? Uh, so I, I guess that journey would begin, uh, especially when I was a teenager. So real estate is in my family, uh, my family background. My, my mom's a a broker and my dad is a you know, licensed contractor, licensed home builder, developer. So I was exposed to real estate at a very, very young age on the single family side. And so, you know, I, w I remember I would always be helping them with their renovations, you know, because, you know, it's like cheap labor, you know, when you're like <laughs> 16, 17 and you're going and like, well, you know, grab a hammer like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and start helping out around there. So I was exposed to the business as far as just how real estate investing worked. And, you know, from I, I kind of took that knowledge and uh, I went to college and got an engineering degree and I, and I really got into, you know, construction and project management. And I essentially combined all that knowledge and, and leveraged it to get into multifamily because I recognized the, you know, the net worth potential and just the cash flow potential that, you know, multifamily had over single family. Yeah. And so when I, when I moved to Tampa, I, I met two other gentlemen who, who had, you know, decades of, you know, real estate experience. They, they had flipped a bunch of single family houses and, you know, or wholesaled. And so we, we kind of banded together and, you know, we both recognized the opportunity multifamily had, especially in Florida. And, you know, so that's essentially how we got all got together and we established our, our brand partnership and things really just took off from there. It's, you know, one, one deal, one multifamily deal, when you think about it can, can change your life. You know, when yeah. you're talking you're talking millions of dollars there and your net worth kind of just explodes, you know, after, after. Yeah. One yeah so. I mean, I mean, but it, it, it kind of stacks up after all these years of hard work. I mean, you, you started working as it was a kid, you know, with your family, you know, and, and when they flipped the property. So, I mean, you put a, you, you put a sweat equity in there and then you put a lot of information into your head when you went through all these years, you know, and like studying and all that. So, I mean, there's, you know, because people are like, I, I just want people to understand because you, you kind of said like, it's boom, just happens. I mean, it's been years and years from you, you know, until, until we kind of, uh, right, right. you know, got that first deal and, and kept rolling from there. So that's awesome, man. So can you talk about what is the right strategy for you right now in the given market? Uh, so our, essentially we seek value add opportunities, as you know. So, uh, you know, when, when it comes to cap rates for our market, typically we, we like to see, you know, properties that go for 100, 100K a door and under. And, you know, we like to buy no lower than six and a half cap, six and a half cap at least, you know. So when it comes to value add strategies, we really try to look for properties where we can boost the rents past 100 bucks, effectively a door. And whether that's from the renovations, you know, the, you know, 
lowering expenses from loss to lease. I mean, there are just tons of ways to add value. And I think that's, that's where, you know, people can essentially make or break deals, so to speak, to where, you know, one investor might come across a deal and they may say, oh, well, you know, we can't really, we can't really do this because we can only push rents at, you know, 50 bucks because for the renovation plan, whereas another investor might come in, well, actually, you know, you know, we can put a rub system in. There's there's some things that you know aren't being captured on. We can put a dog park in, charge pet, you know, pet rent, or you know, just all these creative ways to add value can make the difference between not not really seeing the opportunity that's in front of you, and and then you know actually getting the deal and hmm. you know being able to give investors their returns and and just yeah. make make something make something great out of nothing. You know? Yeah, yeah, of course. So like, you know, e even in between the questions, because you, you just got my attention there. So like, how does someone like, like, let's say, you know, somebody from audience is going to be now like, man, I want to be like Larry, like I want to get involved in multifamily, I want to find the deals. So like now it's becoming kind of a problem because like the market is getting oversaturated with all these people starting, you know, in multifamily space and kind of a syndication is becoming a popular thing. Now, you know, and like, how do you find these value add properties, you know, because now it's probably the money is there. I mean, the, the LPs, the yeah. passive investors are there. And now the tough, the, the toughest part is finding the deal, you know, so you would like include the rubs, you know, the value add. So what's the process here? Like, would you give any advice for those people to, to find those deals? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and quick word on the on the saturation piece. I remember when I was even, you know, involved in wholesaling and, you know, there was there's a lot of wholesalers out there right now, right? People would say that that's a saturated market, but at the same time, personally, I believe, and, and a few of the really successful investors believe, there's a slice of the pie out there for everybody. I, I personally yeah. don't believe too much in oversaturation. It's just, you it know. It just becomes tougher, yeah. It, it just becomes tougher, but you know, every, like, you can, you can make, you can be a million dollar wholesaler if you wanted to. Think, think about how much real estate there is out there, especially if, yeah. you, if you do it nationally, and virtually, which I know a lot of guys are doing and making millions off of it. And the same goes, and the same goes for multifamily, you know? So I wouldn't, I, I would encourage people to not be afraid of competition or, you know, people's like, oh, I can't do this because it's oversaturated. No, no. It's like, especially when multifamily syndication is such a barrier to entry because it, it takes a lot to even, to even really just get started in that. Yeah. And even then, once you get there, there are a lot of people, but there are deals to find everywhere. You know, yeah. for every for every 100 deals you may underwrite, you know, you may only get one. But think about how many deals it takes to really change your life. All you need is really one. Yeah. One or two to really get it going. You're talking about, you know, just millions of dollars, you yeah. know, in value that you're, that you're adding. So it's, I would encourage people to not be discouraged and to really just start networking. People yeah. who are just getting started, start parting with people who, who you know are doing deals out here or who have mentors who are doing deals. Essentially, like it's like the sweat equity part, right? If you were just getting, getting started and flipping houses, I, I would recommend, you know, partnering up with the flipper who was already active doing the business, put in sweat equity for knowledge. The same works for multifamily. Start partnering with other people who know more than you do, put in some sweat equity, learn about the business, and then just become a partnership. I feel like there are a lot of solopreneurs out here and don't get me wrong. It's, it's fine to, you know, build a one man band on your own, but I feel like the true advantage comes from, you know, having a partnership or a company with like, you know, two or three yeah. individuals and, and you're, and you're scaling out that way. And so finding deals, 
there's a lot of creative ways to find deals. I mean, the first obvious way for, you know, finding deals is uh, building relationships with commercial real estate brokers that, you know, are out here, you know, listing, listing the type of deals that you want, right? You know, if you have a commercial broker from, I don't know, let's say CBRE, one of the, one of the biggest um, commercial real estate firms out there. And you, and you see this one broker who's listing all these, all these multifamily, like they're just doing listing after listing after listing. I would try, I would reach out to that broker, you know, explain what you're trying to do, explain who you are, but a relationship. And so you can have a database of like 40 different brokers, like say in a market who are just like, and then if they, if they, you know, if they like you, you build rapport, they start sending you deals. And the powerful part about it is even after you close that one deal, here's the other thing that, you know, kind of changes your life, not just the money from like one deal, but if you do one deal with a broker, that broker now knows you have the ability to close. Yeah. Once that broker knows you can close, guess what they're going to do? They're going to work even harder to send you more deals, right? Because the, the broker has an incentive to get paid, right? They, they know you're going to close. Yeah. And especially, that's especially important with building rapport with a broker because when, when you're talking about being in a competitive market and, you know, you're, you're facing a multiple offer situation where it's between you and four other buyers for a deal yeah. who all offer it around the same price and they kind of have to pick who they go with. Guess what they typically ask for? Well, who are you? What's your resume? Tell me about your company. Yeah. Can you guys close? And then the day they, they will go with the offer that, you know, they feel comf- they, they feel most confident is going to close. Like, okay, the, these guys have a reputation. They closed these deals before. Yeah. Because the last thing the broker wants is, you know, for a deal to fall through, you know, yeah. while it, it wastes the seller's time, it, it, wastes, it wastes their time, and now they're back at square one. And mm-hmm. even if all the offers are somewhere out the same, right? Like say if all offers are 6 million, you're, you're tied with the other, who are they going to pick? Oh, we have the bigger reputation. We're going with them. Yeah. So, yeah. so that, that's very important. That's on the commercial broker side. As far as off market deals, you know, you can start essentially for people who are, who are familiar with wholesaling flipping, it's almost the same thing. Direct mail, cold calling, different, different, you know, properties that meet your preferences it's yeah. the same nothing really changed what you what you look for obviously changes and how you do it changes but the methods of actually reaching off to trying to get off market opportunities does not change cold call direct mail rvm sms text messaging all of those still apply yeah also what, what also helps for those of you who, have, who are familiar with wholesaling at all for those who have a cash buyers list and everything like that start networking with wholesalers in your market because wholesalers a lot of times do come across multifamily properties and they throw them away. Like they, they have no idea what to do with them because yeah. most wholesalers focus on single family. So like, you know, I would reach out to a wholesaling group like, Hey, you know, my name is so-and-so. And if you have any multifamily properties that you come across, you know, our team knows how to analyze them. We, we want to buy them. You'd be surprised how many wholesalers pick up, you know, pick up the phone and be like, "Hey, you know, we we have multifamily properties we come across all the time, but we don't know what to do with them, so we're sending them your way." So obviously, off-market opportunities are generally the best because, I mean, you know, you save that that commission from the broker. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything else, so you really want to, if you can, definitely work really hard to develop an off-market um, off-market deal strategy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, love it, love it. So first of all, guys, just you want to apologize because Lowry made me look like I'm a bad guy now, you know, by saying that market is, you know, saturated. But basically what I'm trying, what I'm trying to say, you know, that uh, like market is definitely like saturated, like 
because there's a lot of people going into multifamily like space because oh, sure. of course they understand there is money there and most like I'm not saying like the names because like but no because people are talking and I'm talking with a lot of people so like some people are going just for acquisition fee so I mean and that's that's where it becomes kind of a you know and now it's the timing because the market is in a good place for for people to go and acquire because of the interest rates and and the position that the market is in. But I mean, you know, if, if somebody's just starting now and it's the first deal that they're going to have, I mean, and they're going for an acquisition fee, it's kind of becoming, you know, it, it's, it's this thin ice, you know, that people have to be aware of, you know, and that's where you're talking like going into leveraging other people experience, you know, and partnering with the right people, finding the right people. And, you know, and then when you find those people, you leverage their experience by putting the sweat equity. And then you, again, I, I love the strategy, you know, for finding the off-market deals and talk, talking with the wholesalers and stuff. So that's, that's interesting. Exactly. You know, that's why people, I really, I yeah. really want to emphasize partnering because for any, like you said, for any newbies who are just kind of beginning, you got to think yeah. when you're doing this kind of deal strategy, if you're brand new, who in their right mind would trust you with their money? Yeah. You know, like if, if, if you think about it, if I have, Say I'm a lawyer. I have, you know, 300000 sitting in the bank. You approach me like, say, hey, I've got a great deal. Yada, yada, it's going to return X, Y, and Z. And like, that's great, but who are you? Yeah. Right? Like, you know, like, what, what is your experience? You tell like, oh, you've never done this before? Like, yeah. what? You know, it's, it's hard to trust somebody. It's hard to trust somebody when they don't have the experience. You know? Exactly. So that's why it usually helps if someone has you know, started in single family and they, you know, they've been in real estate for a while, you know, or they have some experience, you know, flipping houses or something like, you know, they just, they have some type of, some yeah. type of experience and they partner with other people who have some type of experience, you know, investing in real, someone with a lot of time put in into real estate because it helps, you know, it helps build that relationship, that trust that you're going mm -hmm. to have to build between yourself and the people you're essentially asking to put their life earnings in you know, yeah. for, for your deal. So I always stress, keep that in mind when you're, when you're thinking about doing this model is that it's not really about you. It's about, it's about your investors who are going to be giving you their IRAs, their 401ks, yeah. their, their, their life's earnings. So you really yeah. have to think about that. And it's scary. And raising money for the first time, if you haven't done before, it's scary. You're asking, like, you're asking, it's other people's money. You know, it's yeah. other people's hard earned money. And so that's why you really just have to always think investors first. Yeah, yeah, I love when it. Doing, when doing this kind of strategy. Exactly. So you kind of, you know, I, I wanted to go a little bit more deeply, but you kind of covered the whole thing here. Uh, how can someone learn how to acquire or passively invest into deals? And what are, what are the most important things that they need to know? You know, maybe we can talk about, you know, uh, foreign investors here, you know, because I know, like, again, um, you know, U.S. is a great, definitely great place, you know, for, for people to place their capital unprotected. And like I see and I talk with a lot of business owners and I see the trend like all these people, they're already like aware that the market crash is going to happen. And like the banks are paying whatever the 0, 0.000, like 2%. And I mean, it's nothing there. So they're looking to protect the capital. So like looking from a in, like passive investor standpoint, what, what do you recommend for people to look for where, where, when placing capital like again in, in the syndicator deal? Because again, we spoke up that there is a lot of those people in the market. So like, how did I choose between all these people, which is like the best fit? It depends on what returns they're looking for. When you talk syndication, you know, there are a couple of different strategies that 
that come into play. Every syndicator is not the same. And the, the type of investors they bring in aren't the same either. You know, there are, there are core investors, syndicators who typically, you know, want to invest in a, sta a really stable asset, right? Not something that's going to bring them the highest returns. It may bring them like a five, you know, I don't know, 5%, you know, cash to cash return, but it's, you know, they're investing in a turnkey stabilized asset that has no, essentially very little risk of, you know, going upside down and collapsing. Then there are the value add opportunities, you know, okay, who's, people say, okay, I, I, if I want to invest my money, I want to be making really good returns. You know, if the stock market's returning 6%, you know, I, I want to be in a deal that's going to return 8%. And so the more you go up that ladder, after value add, there's opportunistic, which when, when you get into those distressed development opportunities, the higher the risk, the higher the reward. So it really depends on what the investor is essentially looking for. For value add, you know, they're, they're chasing yield. You know, if you, if you want like an 8, eight 9%. Those guys are typically, uh, like us, for example, we're typically looking at 8, 9% cash on cash returns on, or higher you know, where we're refining and returning all the money as well, and they get a piece of the disposition as well. So I would say get with an ex get with an, become an LP and experience group. That's how a lot of people get started in syndications. Um, there are a few people before they even, you know, start their syndication journey, they become a limited partner in a syndication journey, and they really learn what's involved in, in, in the steps of syndication. Mm -hmm. So when, if you're looking to invest your money passively, and into commercial real estate, I I would recommend a syndicator who's um, who's established, who knows what they're doing, and depending on what your goals are, value add, core, opportunistic, pick one of those pick one of those syndicators that essentially match the type of returns you want to have, because everybody's mm -hmm. different. Some some like are, like I said are seeking tax shelter. They don't care necessarily about high returns. They just want something stable that they can you know put their money in to, you know, have that tax shelter, which, yeah. you know, real estate is just amazing for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, guys, like Larry is definitely by having 10 million assets and the, and the management, that means he already has the proven track record. So, I mean, anybody, cause he kind of, uh, you know, he didn't say, but he would say, you know, contact me guys. Yeah, you know, but that's what I'm saying. Like contact like Larry, if you want to find out about like syndication deals and what he's doing. I mean, because it's definitely like multifamily space. Like I talk with so many people, like particularly here in Ireland, like all these people are investing, buying houses, flipping, you know, some people flipping like 30, 40 years, even been flipping like deals. They, they, they acquiring like rent to rent HMOs like I don't know if you're familiar even with those like but we're talking about the small deals but some of the people that I'm talking with they're looking to build the wealth and they're looking to expand and they're looking to make that I mean a big buck and you know like for those deals it's it's tough you know it's tough when you have a single house and you have one tenant and the tenant moves out and then you have to cover the expenses. I mean, it, you know the game. I mean, it, you, you know, because your parents yeah, said that, you yeah. know, you did the stuff. So, I mean, and that's where you went to, into multifamily space because, you know, it's the right space to be in. And only this space can survive, you know, the downturns like the market crash and all that, you know, that the specific like amount of units can, exactly. can do that. So, I mean, guys, go and check him out, you know, contact with him and, and just ask him the questions. Because, again, it's about the learning process, right? Like learning what, what does it take, how that you know, the deals work and people can ask you those questions and you will be willing to answer them, right? And I'm, and I'm definitely glad to talk with anyone about it because I, I mean, I love, I love what I do. So, and, yeah. and I love, you know, spreading knowledge or, you know, someone who might know something maybe that I don't, you know, I'm really open when it comes to just sharing 
and, and just, uh, you know, sharing knowledge. So if anyone has any questions, you know, definitely contact me. I work with, like I said, two business partners who are more experienced than I am. You know, I'm, I'm, rel- I'm a relatively young guy. I'm, I'm only uh, 27 years old. So we consider that the guys I've worked with are way older, more experienced. And, mm-hmm. but I've learned a lot over my years since I started so early and eight, yeah. you know, when I was a teenager. So uh, yeah. definitely reach out to me if you have anything. I'm, I'm definitely happy, happy to talk with anyone. That's awesome, man. I love it. 27. Oh, my God, man. 10, 10, million, 10, million, 10 million dollars on demand is, I mean, yeah, crazy. So, I mean, you know, for the people who are looking to invest themselves, I mean, it's kind of a question of a, like, who does comes first? Is it the chicken or is it the egg? So, I mean, in the same, like, like, is it the deal or is it the investor? Who do you find first and why? Uh, that's, that's a really good question. Honestly, I would start getting your investor database built up first. Start letting people know what you're trying to do, what you're, what you're doing in multifamily, because I mean, the deal doesn't mean anything if you don't have the investors to back it up, right? Like this isn't like wholesaling where someone could just get a deal under contract and then quickly find a cash buyer to close on the deal. It's, it's not really like that. You know, the, the capital raising process for multifamily takes time. It's, it's much more intricate. And you can't afford to really just have a deal and not have the, the capital lined up to close, or at least know who to go to for the capital lined up for close. You know, you can't just grab a deal. I'm like, all right, well, where do I find the money, right? And then because then that that's just not going to play out right. You definitely yeah. want to, you know, start building your investor database up early. Start reaching to you know your friends, friends, family, people who you know. Um, who have 401ks, IRAs, or, you know, just who, are, who want to invest in real estate, but don't necessarily want to do all the work or, you know, they, they don't really know much about it and, and start just reaching out to them and, and building that database for sure. Start networking. Okay. Okay. Love it. Love it. So where people should pay more attention when it comes to underwriting deals, you know, if you, if, if he already, you know, build the database and now he has, you know, the property. So like, what's the process here? specific like things that they should pay attention when underwriting because i know you do a lot of that right oh yes i and look my, that's my main thing that's my main <laughs> job is underwriting yeah. there's there's so much i can talk about when it comes to underwriting and you just have to really you have to stay conservative on all fronts and you because i mean it you're fiduciary of your investors capital so you you're looking out for them so you have to be able to you know, prepare for the worst. You know, you want to be able to under-promise and over-deliver. And this is what our company mm-hmm. always always says with our investors. We under-promise and under-deliver. So if, and over-deliver. So if we say, all right, you know, very, really conservatively, we're expecting an 8% cash on cash return. That 8% <laughs> cash on cash return means like with, you know, 50, 55% expenses, an extra 10 to 15% vacancy thrown in there. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're like, the market's going to be worse when we sell. So if we buy it like a, a six cap, we're going to be exiting at a seven and a half cap. You know, that, that type of thing, you really just have to be conservative everywhere. And that's how you know when, you're, when you know your deal is good is, is when, you know, your, your metrics that you want to hit are, are all green and you've thrown everything you could at it to try to kill the deal. Like, you know, you, I'm like, okay, I, I really tried to kill this deal and it still works. So you always have to be thinking from the worst case scenario when it comes to underwriting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the, cause the, I mean, people, I numbers don't right. So, uh, so how does the, how does it make 
Uh, location, does it make any difference when underwriting the deal? I mean, do you pay a lot of attention to the location as well? In Florida, yes, absolutely. Because the other thing about underwriting is that, you know, especially when, you, when you're talking, see, and this is why it depends on what type of syndication uh, strategy you're using, you know, opportunistic value add core, you know, because someone who is into distress or, you know, those high, those high risk type of investments, you know, they, they'll probably go into, you know, a really uh, dangerous area, let's say like a war zone and, you know, try to take it to really distressed property, develop it and, you know, try to get that really high reward. But, you know, it's, it's tricky when it comes to that, because like I said, yeah. it's a very risky opportunity versus like, you know, a core or value add, you know, we, you, those typically are in pretty, pretty good areas, you know, not, not a lot of crime, you know, demographic is really good, you know, financially support, like everything is just green light across, across the board. So the area does matter in terms of our strategy. And I know the area matters for, you know, for investors while they're looking for just really stable assets. Okay. Okay. So, okay. We, we went through the process here. We got the, we got the capital. We, we found the deals from the road, the deal. Now I'm going to be walking the property physically. I mean, kind of doing due diligence. So what's the process here? I mean, is there specific things that you guys look for when touring the property? I mean, what, where people should pay attention there as well in, the, in that process? Uh, so when you're, when you get on site for the property, and this is why if, if you're just start getting started in this, it always helps to, you know, tour the property with your property manager. So someone who you know is going to take over the property when you close on it and then a contractor you know a, a trusted contractor that you have as well so that's typically what we do every time we do a property tour we typically like to have our contractor and our property manager there just to you know have a second and third set of eyes on everything just give us different feedback that maybe we didn't even consider before and while we're going through each you know each of these units kind of walking the property with a broker and and really just going through it so i would recommend for everyone who's who's looking to, you know, tour the property or, you know, if you're doing due diligence, you know, bring, bring your property manager contact and bring your contractor because yeah. there's something that you individually can miss if you, yeah. if you're going alone and, you know, there's some things you might not even think about. Exactly. Exactly. That you can come, come back to the table with and, yeah. and really just sharpen up your underwriting from there. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Totally. So, you know, we spoke about a team. So, you know, how important it is to have a team and how that adds value to your overall success in, in, in multifamily space? Having a team is so critical. I Listen, I, I know, like, people want to do it by themselves because, like, oh, my gosh, because then I get to keep all the money, right? Like yeah. me, myself. But when you think about it, how when you have a team, you have leverage, and you're able to get more deal flow and you're able to raise more, more money, right? Because if you're partnered with two people, let's say you partner with somebody who doesn't necessarily have the, you know, the underwriting experience or, you know, they've got, they don't know how to value properties, but they have, they have access to capital, right? Like, Oh, well I know guys and I can raise like, you know, 5 million right there. And then you have another guy, which is really, really good at finding, at finding deals. Right. So you put those, you put those two together and now all of a sudden, you know, you you have deals coming through and you're closing them, you know, so you can accomplish, you know, five times, 10 times as much you know, as the, you know, two, yeah. three, four person team that you would on your own. What if like by yourself, you couldn't even do all of that. You would have no deal. 
happens. So not to say that syndication is impossible with one person. It's just it, it's way more efficient if you have if you partner up with a couple guys who know what they're know what they're doing. For sure. Exactly. I mean, this space is definitely not for solopreneurs, you know, because because that, that's what the successful people want. Like, you know, leverage, you, you mentioned the word and it's, it's a, such a strong word. Like, you know, you're going to leverage other people experience. Like that means you don't have to be like, I don't want to be the, the most, like the Mr. Perfect, like in like, you know, like outsourcing, like leveraging people experience. And that's, that's where you go to the, to the bank because you want to leverage financing. You know, you don't want to put your mm -hmm. own capital. I mean, you want to leverage that as well. So, you know, because then, the, you know, it gets paid down by, by the tenant, you know, rent. So, I mean, the leverage. Mm -hmm. So, who do you follow for business advice? Because you, you probably, you, I don't know about the books, but maybe you, you have a list of the books and, and people that you took an advice on and like, who do you recommend for people to, to listen to? Uh, there are so many books. Uh, you know, a, one good book to read is um, I, that I really like is uh, Emerging Real Estate Markets. I think that the author was David Lindell. David Lindell, something like that. But Emerging Real Estate Markets. I, I would say that's a great book to read. Um, there's also a follow-up book he made to that book, sort of like a, a sequel, but I can't remember. I think it's multi, Multi-Family Moons or something like that. And then there's there's this red book by Joe Fairless and Theo Hicks called The Best Apartment Syndication Guide. Huge, right? Like, you know it. So, look, you had it right there. <laughs> like, you have it. So that that is a great, a great book that really spells out everything yeah. um, you could really want to know about syndication. If you had any confusion or questions, like, how, how is this all structured? How do I set everything up? Yeah. They really, di like, dive deep in that book there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, so having a mentors, I mean, do you do you like do you have any mentors personally or had them in the past? Like what well, when it comes to that? So any advice? Oh, sure. I mean I have I have my business partners. Like I said, I, I I'm part of a three man um a three man partnership. So the two partners that I'm with, you know, they they have a lot of experience, especially the you know, the head CEO of the group. You know, he has a lot of experience and he his mentors, I'm exposed to his mentors too. So you yeah. know, he he knows a lot and I'm always, I'm always learning when then he's always learning from me. Cause like I said, that's the beautiful thing about having a team is like, you're, you learn from each other, you know, cause yeah. you don't know everything. Exactly. Right? Exactly. One person doesn't know everything. Yeah. So when you pair your knowledge with other people who have, you know, different perspectives on things, it just makes you stronger as well. Yeah. Yeah. And coming back to the mentors, I mean, if somebody would look for a mentor, what do you recommend? You know, because I heard, like, if you're going to be looking for a mentor, you kind of have to look for a person who is still active into, like, syndication deals, at, you know, at the same time. You don't want to pick kind of a, you know, online mentor who's going to give you, like, step-by-step -step process and just going to leave you there. Sure. Yeah. Finding a mentor, I mean, like, like anything, it, it can be tough, especially if you don't know where to start. Like, all right, I want a mentor. Where do I, you know, where do I go? Say you're in Tennessee. Like, well, who's who's doing this in Tennessee. So it, you really just have to do your research. And you, when you find the person that you really want to get to know, make every effort to reach out to them or, you know, the representative, make a meeting, see if they do offer a course, right? Yeah. That you can possibly purchase and really get started in learning. And if, and if they'll be involved in your learning as well. So men mentorship can be tricky depending on how everything is structured because you know is really is an online course that you can just buy for a thousand bucks really mentorship no right but you know some syndicators do offer mentorship opportunities so what mm -hmm. i would do is just simply reach out to 
you know, the, the guys in your area who are, are really just crushing it and see if, see if they are open to mentorship opportunities or they know somebody who can give you a mentorship opportunity. Yeah. Like I said, maybe you can partner with them. Maybe they need someone, maybe they need boots on the ground, right? Yeah. To find, to find, you know, more deals. And from that, they'll mentor you and give you knowledge. That's, that's the sweat equity we're talking about, right? Yeah. So and that's what I would recommend. Definitely great advice. Love it. You know, because like, again, it's a learning process, like, and Larry knows it better. I mean, than anybody else, you know, cause this is you, you probably, you know, cause we can talk here for hours cause you have a beautiful story, you know, coming back to your working with your parents and going through all these years until right this moment, there's a lot of in, you know, going on in all those years, you know, and, and if people want to follow you, they can, you know, on, on your social platforms where you're sharing all your story, you know, on a daily basis. But, you know, it's again, learning, it's, it's always learning. So that's what you're talking about, learning from the partners, you know, from the mentors, because it's not the lack of a financing. I mean, the money's there. Again, mm -hmm. the, the problem yeah. now is, is finding the deal. But again, if you're going to, if you're going to find a great deal, I mean, if, and if you don't know, if that's a great deal. So that's again, coming back to the information to your knowledge. I mean, you, you're not going to move anywhere. So that's, that's why a person needs to, to learn all this stuff, the wording, you know, that how do you, you know, how do you underwrite the deals? How do you, first of all, how do you find the deals? How do you like differentiate which, which market do you want to invest in? Like, I mean, it's a lot of things involved. And I mean, you can contact mm -hmm. Larry and he's going to give you some insights, you know, into all of that. Cause I mean, he's a beautiful person looking to share and I, and I love those type of people. And so, so talking about, you know, real estate, as I know, real estate is kind of a, cause I've been a real estate agent myself. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, but I never learned about real estate, anything, you know? So like real estate is particularly being a realtor, it's kind of a sales game. So how important do you think is, is for people in, in multifamily space to learn how to sell either themselves or to, how to sell the deal and, and selling in general? It's very important to learn how to sell. And be presentable i and and take it from me guys i'm i'm naturally an introvert like i'm such an analytic and like introvert you know intellectual analytic and it was it was tough really coming out of that shell when i started going off on my own in real estate and and just really trying to convert that that introvert personality and like okay you really have to be more extrovert because you're going to be getting in front of people you're going to be talking about you know you're going to be talking with them because at the end of the day you know, when you talk about raising capital and just investors who are, who are putting their faith in you, like you said, they're, yeah, the deal is there, but at the, at the end of the day, they invest with you, right? Yeah. You have to, they, have, you, they have to be sold on you, the person, or you, the team. So when it comes to that, yeah, definitely learning how to sell yourself is, is very important mm. because you have to be credible, right? People have to be comfortable putting their, their, you know, their life's earnings or their, their 401k IRA with you. Like what experience do you have? Tell me about yourself. Are you a good person? Do you, you know, are you diligent? Are you a good steward of capital? Like, do you take care of your own money? So, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love it, love it. And, and you mentioned, you know, what's the word you mentioned? Introvert. Introvert, I, I, yes. I don't, I don't see that, man. I don't see that. I don't know where, where you're changed, coming from. I have changed a lot over the years. <laughs> I, I really, I used to not speak hardly at all. Some, sometimes I still don't, but whenever I'm in front of an investor, or I'm at a networking event, I, I flip that switch, right? There but you if, if, you were, if, if I'm just like alone or, you know, just not really around people, I'm, I'm pretty quiet. But when, I'm, when I get around people and I start talking, then 
then that switch kind of flips. And I've learned to do that over the years. You know, exactly. You have, to learn, you have to learn to do that. For extroverts, it's easy, right? They, they yeah. just do what they naturally do. But for those who are introverted, I it, don't think you, 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 you see, you see, I like, again, like we're coming back to the psychological thing, whatever. I don't think the, you know, there is an extroverts and there is an introverts, you know, what I think is happening basically when you mention when you like with yourself and like with, with the people and you're not probably doing the, the deals, you're not into real estate kind of a mood, you kind of get like, you know, introverted. And when you talking about the deals, you kind of become introverted and that's what happens. And that, and that's what I'm talking about, you know, because like, imagine if the guy's a computer geek, right. And you know, he's going to this event, you know, which is, doesn't have anything to do with the computers. He's going to feel freaking uncomfortable all the time, but put the same guy in a room with, with, the, with whatever the, the gamers, you know, with that. And he's going to start to extrovert suddenly the same, the same introvert guy will start to extrovert. How does that happen? I mean, it, so that, it doesn't mean, it, that, it, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's not going to mean that the guy is introvert or either extrovert. Because the, the people, you know, perform the best when they are in the comfortable positions. And you became comfortable, again, by, you know, putting a lot of effort and the time, sweat equity by educating yourself about this topic. And that's where we feel comfortable right now. What are we talking? That's you know, true. That's a matter of confidence. As someone, as someone yeah. goes through the journey, if they... The more experience you have in real estate, the more comfortable you're going to be around people who are in real estate. So yeah. I, I, definitely, I definitely agree there. It, it's definitely a confidence booster that will get you talking for sure. Because now you have something to talk about. And that definitely yeah. helps when you're around a lot of people in this business. So. Exactly. And, and that's what I want to share, you know, the, the, the small story. Because, you know, there's a lot of people watching right now and thinking like, man, I, I'm an extrovert as well. Like, you know, like introvert, you know, I cannot talk with people. It's because you don't feel comfortable talking about it because there is a lot of information missing. You know, like if you get like sophisticated enough, if you, you know, like put the sweat equity in and the time, you know, educating yourself about this topic and you have to understand it has to be this one topic. It cannot be, I'm going to be a day trader. I'm going to be a multifamily investor. I'm going to do the flipping. Like it has to be the one thing. Like uh, until you are rich, Absolutely. don't diversify yourself and your time, you know, by doing a bunch of small stuff, like do one thing great and become great. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's simple. Absolutely. So can you talk about the importance of and value of networking throughout all these years? In networking is everything. Networking and relationships are everything. Because again, when you talk about syndication with this model, think about who you're going to have to network with to really get your, to fuel your business. You know, you have to network with commercial brokers, lenders, property managers. There's so many different team members, external team members you have to have in place. SEC attorneys, you know, real estate attorneys, just everyone. Networking is super important because you have to build out your external team and just meeting new people, right? Who may want to invest. Now say like you start networking now, right? And you know, right now you can, you can easily raise $2 million, right? From your current, the current people you know who can invest in real estate with you, right? And from meeting different people and just, you know, through those people, you meet more people. Now, two years from now, all of a sudden, wow, I know like my investor database, I can, I can raise $10 million for a deal now, right? And that, that's important, right? Because reputation and brand are really important in the business because without it, your business doesn't really thrive. Yeah, yeah. Critical. Exactly, exactly. I agree with you. So, like, constantly networking. I mean, and that and that's what we're doing. I mean, you know, coming back to the social media, 
Like some of you guys are using social media, I mean, in a wrong way. You know, like me with Larry, like we, we just connected and I was like, Larry's in a multifamily space. I'm like, what's up, man? You're doing some great stuff. Let's connect. Let's, let's make it happen. And that's mm-hmm. what's happening. I mean, like, you know, because you want to network with people, I mean, all the time on social media. You don't want to go and scroll and, you know, like use all these platforms because these platforms as a gift, you know, it's, it's all free. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, like Facebook, like LinkedIn. Go and network like with people. If you're sitting at home, like don't watch the, the BS, you know, that's going on on uh, TV, whatever, you know, like build, build your brand and build your company and build yourself and like build your network. So, you know, spend the time wisely. That, that's what I recommend as well. Yeah, so, keep educating yourself. Keep listening to podcasts. Keep reading books. And yeah. just surround. Become obsessed. I, I forgot. Yeah. I think Grant Cardone said that. You know, become obsessed and really just. And that's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, and that's the truth. So man, it's it's just awesome. I mean, you know, like I, I knew the interview is gonna be super awesome. So I'm just so excited, you know, to talk with you today because you just poured in. You kind of gave away all this, you know, to the people. And guys, if you like it, you know, go go and follow, go and follow Larry. So, like, what's the what's the main channels you're using so people can go and follow you? Uh, right now, my personal Instagram is uh, Larry Capital. I don't really love. I don't really have business poster. That's just my personal thing. You know, I, I have my you know my yeah. fiance on there, and yeah, you know, I just I gotta have like my you know my happy family. So, um, but you know, feel if you want to reach out to me, you can feel free to contact me through uh, DM. We can get on the phone. We can talk. Yeah. Um, you can email me questions. I'm I'm pretty much an open book there. Yeah, guys. I, like, I love talking multifamily. I love I just love talking real estate in general and markets. So. And I see that, man. I get the vibe, and people people do the same, you know. So, guys, go and check it out. The link down below. You're gonna find all the information. So go and go, go and follow him. You know, connect with him, ask him questions. You know, and, and get obsessed again, as Larry said. You know about this space. I don't know if you want to invest into it. I mean either actively or passively, but definitely, you know, educate yourself. So this is the right person for you to go and ask some questions and just see what it takes, you know, to invest from the active or the, from, a, from a passive side into the deals and, you know, what's information-wise, what information you probably need. I mean, you guys know, like, you know what's the story, so go and follow him up. So, man, Larry. Absolutely. Feel free to follow our uh, Facebook page, uh, Value Capital Partners, and, and uh, awesome. yeah, shout us out. Yeah, 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 cool, man. So, so this has been a money show today with Larry and, and myself. You know, guys, if you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe, share the channel if you can as well. You know, and I, Larry, today, really appreciate, again, the time and the effort that you put in today. And I, I wish you, again, before the interview, we're not going to expose what's happening. But again, man, praying that things are going to work out, you know. So definitely, this is a super great guy. You know, you should pay attention for this man, 27 years old man so it's it's crazy what you accomplished so far and i wish you all the best success you know in upcoming years man and i know you're gonna get it so i appreciate it it was great being on here man great talking to you thanks man i appreciate it so guys i'll see you in the next episode until then take care